This podcast made possible by our good friends at Tardy's Collector's Corner. Like them on Facebook, follow them on Twitter and Instagram, and be sure you're checking for all the latest and greatest at Tardy's. Three, two, one. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, nerds of... I'd say all ages are probably appropriate today. This is a Court of Nerds podcast. You may have forgotten what these sound like because we do them so sparingly these days. And we're going to, again, guys, we say this every time. We're trying to get better at it. We really and truly are. I was busy being a Sherpa for a woman swimming 25 miles through Lake Huron to raise money to fight breast cancer. Greg moved all the way to the freaking West Coast to get out of having to do this podcast. My story is nowhere near as impressive as what you just said. You guys, welcome back, West Coast Avenger Greg, to Woo! the show this week. We are very, very excited to have Greg here. Um, man, it, it has been a minute since you and I have been in the same room with microphones and recording equipment. At least 60 seconds. At least that long. And and first of all, I catch everyone up. If people aren't listening to Reverse Centaurs, why should they be? You should listen to it because we believe that the story is more important than the rules. Okay, I know that's a hot take for people who play I was gonna D&D. Say, D&D people, you just pissed off hold like on, a ton hold of on. people. Okay, but 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 wait just one second. Uh we ported ourselves from D&D 5E into Starfinder. And if you play role-playing games, you might not know what Starfinder is. Starfinder is Pathfinder in space. Can we add in post like a little bit of like an echoey sound effect there? Space, space, space. You know we don't add anything in post. That hasn't okay. changed. Fine, we'll fix what I just said in post. That hasn't changed. Sometimes it does change. The guy that used to fix things in post. Yeah, there you go. You were. You were the guy who fixed things in post. Now you're gone, so I don't fix things in post. God What are we going to do? It. You're going to have Stacy do it? You're going to have John do it? You're going to have the twins do it? I'll make Ben do it. Make Ben do it. Yeah, good luck. You make Ben do something. You make Ben do something. You let me know how that goes yeah, for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, okay, so and and we play we play Dungeons and Dragons and we uh, fight amongst ourselves and we get shit done and we get nothing done and it's really quite excellent and you can follow us at thecourtofnerds.com and uh, the things that Sledge does with the editing software is is amazing. He meant to say amazing. My God, you guys, it's listen. Do you like to sing songs and drink drinks? Reverse Centaurs is for you. That's exactly what we do. Yeah. Both of those things. And roll dice and sing songs and drink drinks. So be sure you're checking out all the stuff that Greg is still doing, even though he is essentially our most satellite of satellite offices. Mm-hmm. Um, but speaking of that, there was a whole lot of nerd action in your office neighborhood. Within, I would say within 600 miles. Yeah, yes. listen, it's, it's in a much closer radius than mine. It, that, that is a very true statement. Yeah. And that, of course, is the behemoth that is San Diego Comic-Con. So sweaty. And I said on Twitter that, to me, for me, this was one of the best Comic-Cons that I've been through as far as announcements that got me hype. Like, oh, yeah. Things that came out of, of, of Comic-Con that essentially made my pants tingle in that little naughty area. Mm-hmm. And and that's really, you know, what you want if you're a nerd is San Diego Comic-Con should make your pants all tight and, and you should be looking for where the baby oil is to finish the job. Oh, God, it's so sweaty. But the experience at San Diego Comic-Con is a different thing. Now, usually we catch up with our buddy Gavin from Tardy's. And guys, if you are looking for Comic-Con exclusives, Tardy's is the place to start in West Michigan. But if I'm looking for exclusive information about what a Californian thought of San Diego Comic-Con. I mean, Greg, what, what was it like for you? You're someone who experiences the long drives on the, is it the five? Am I making the right reference? That was that was the correct reference. Good Sweet. job. Sweet. I shouldn't have been so unsure of myself. <laughs> um, but you're used to that California life, all the people, everything everywhere. There's too many people. And There's it's too many so people. sweaty. And now you've got all of these people who maybe don't have the best hygiene habits all in one area exchanging plagues and various smells and bodily functions with one another. So imagine uh, downtown Grand Rapids, slightly bigger by a couple of blocks, but now add 1.5 million people, and not all of them shower. Also, it's over 100 degrees. That is San Diego Comic-Con outdoors. Once you get into the convention center, go to Tardy's Collector's Corner's a Facebook page and watch the video of Gavin at backpack level as he wanders through the convention hall and it is like sardines packed in. It is a nightmare. It's also really cool. Yeah, so I guess but, that's that's the big question, right? For yeah. me. As somebody who I, I am not good with large crowds. And it's funny uh, given yeah. given what I do for Don't a living, go. you know, that I'm not great with large crowds. Yeah, me neither. Don't but, go. You know, it's one of those things, and and I joked with Gavin about it um, when I saw him the other week, is 
there are three events that are the penultimate events, or I'm not sorry, the, the ultimate events for my fandoms, mm-hmm. right? That I know I'll never attend. I will never attend a Super Bowl. I love sports. I will never attend a Super Bowl. I absolutely love wrestling. I'm never going to WrestleMania. And I love comic books, but I'm never going to San Diego Comic-Con. WrestleMania, slightly less sweaty than San Diego Comic-Con. Which is a crazy thing to think about, right? But when you look at it, I guess, Greg, the big question that I want to start with for you is, you're a nerd. You're a Californian now. You were born one, I believe. Oh, yeah, yeah. I always forget your origin stories. (laughs) It's not a good one. No, no. But is it worth it? I mean, if you're the person who's me, right? I'm not a collector. If you're a collector, I know it's worth it. But if you're not a collector, if you're just a fan, if these are just the things you love, you're there for signings, you're maybe there to try and score something exclusive, but mostly to remember your time there. You're not there doing the Grant Stoy, spending five hours going through dime boxes. Although you can. Oh, you could spend more than five. Mm-hmm. But is it worth it? Does, does the payoff pay out to the potential con plague, the sweat, the touching, the other people you don't know being around you in close proximity? Know what you're getting into before you go. Know that it is going to be too much. Plan for it to be way too much. Know what panels you want to get into ahead of time. Ooh, big one. Please, for the love of God, shower. And also, please, for the love of God, shower. And if you don't shower, uh, make sure to take some time to shower. Yes. And if you haven't thought about showering, shower. God, it's so sweaty. It's really weird when you think about things like Comic-Con where so much of it could be better if people were just a little bit more courteous to one another or a little bit more thoughtful to one another. And and I know, and Greg, you know this too, there are some people who purposely don't shower so they smell bad so people aren't around them at these events. Of what is wrong with you? Don't be that guy. No one likes that that guy. guy. I'm trying to train my 11-year-old to not be that guy, but he hates showering. The other most important thing is budget. Understand how much you are going to be spending when you go to this thing. Go for a specific purpose. Yeah. Understand that you will probably end up spending more than your budget, so plan for that. Budget low in case you end up spending high? Yes. Now, there are going to be some things that you see that you're like, oh my God, that is a special edition Fate Grand Order figurine. I want that immediately in my life. Or you will go, that is a limited edition uh, Gwent card for The Witcher. I want that. Hold on. I'm gonna, Rachel, your girlfriend is in the room. Rachel, how many of these things that he's saying actually happened at San Diego Comic-Con? Or how many of these things have happened to you with him at a Comic-Con? Every single one. Every single one of those. I, I was going to say, she started like shaking violently when you were making <laughs> your references. So I was like, all right. So this shit's legit. Okay. Yeah. These are things that Greg actually did. That, that was, those were two actual experiences that we had. Uh, and and I, I actually do have to back up a second because it wasn't a limited edition Gwent card. It was a limited edition Ard pin that I got. Uh, and that won't mean anybody mean anything to anyone who doesn't play The Witcher. Yeah. But the people who play The Witcher are like, oh, damn, how much did you get that for? Damn, son. Did you also get Igni as well? What it's, about Yerdin? Yeah. It's really, I love it. God, I love it. It's, it's Honestly, it's really funny because you look at these different, like, and, and, and to go back to the example, I'm trying to currently educate my girlfriend on Star Wars, right? Mm-hmm. Because she does not know the Star Wars. And she has somehow scored herself a ticket to the sneak preview of Disney World Star Wars Land on ah, Sunday. Fun. I know. Right, Rachel? Right? Head exploding. I'm aware. Mm-hmm. Right? But as I'm trying to educate her on this, all these things that like, you know, limited edition Gwent card or Ard pin, like we say these words and to us, they're just normal words. These are just yeah. words we use in conversation. But to my girlfriend, she's like, wait, so what's the difference between a Jawa and a sand people? Are they just taller? Well, and she's like, there's all these different aliens. What's the, what's the importance? Wait, why does that one's face look like a vagina? <laughs> wait, why are all those vaginas playing music in the cantina? Yeah. You know? And, and, and it's funny because we talk about these things that we see at Comic-Con and then we try and describe them to non-nerds. And they're like, what in the shit are you talking about? What is going on? So I got to ask you, what's, what's the coolest thing that you saw at San Diego? Like what was the most insane? Co- oh my Rachel, God. Rachel, there's a third mic. Just stand up. Am I allowed to? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Guests happen all the time. Away oh, from yeah, there we go. Now I push the button. Now people can hear you. Okay, we we were like ten feet away from Paul Bettany, Vision himself, which was 
freaking cool. I meant mostly like the coolest thing you saw that you could buy, but that's also but freaking I, cool. I, I can't buy him? What? So, no? <laughs> and, and, and to uh, dovetail. Listen, you know what? In, in fairness, I don't know your lifestyle, but I know that you're a teacher, and I don't think teachers can afford Paul Bettany's. Mm-hmm. As my mother is a teacher, I know the teacher lifestyle, so. Aww. So, let's talk about what else we saw that was amazing. Yes. Because uh, what was also really awesome that we saw at the same place, it was called the Nerdist House, was uh, a man who... I wish I was filming your girlfriend right now. Her reactions to everything are so freaking priceless, you guys. She's adorable. She absolutely I wish is. you guys could see this. It's like it's like I have a cuter Pikachu just hanging out in studio reacting to everything that Greg says. Exactly. Honestly, I see why this works. Like, it's, it's honest to God I'm enjoying the hell out of this. So we were in the Nerdist House, and uh, the Nerdist House that was sponsored by Project Alpha, which, rest in peace, no longer in existence. Sad. Uh, however, there was a talk show that the Nerdist House was putting out. It was called Talkin' Tunes, and that might not mean anything to most people. Okay. But it was run by a man by the name of Rob Paulson. Rob Paulson, the voice of Pinky. Except for this one. It's mine. Uh-ha! My girlfriend. You're a mouse. This is a horse. People are so intolerant. Yes. Now, I got to have my picture with him, which was great, but also... But it was also with Mr. Maurice LaMarche, who some of you may know is the voice of the brain. We had a photo with both Pinky and the brain. And then the guy that wrote all the music for Animaniacs got on stage with the both of them, and they sang Animaniacs songs. I'm beginning to think you're not normal. And it was, my heart was full. And at one point, Rob Paulson walked past me and winked. And I exploded everywhere. And wow. it was wonderful. That's better than the time that Will Traval groped Ben. Oh, that was that was a really good that moment, That was still too. magical. That Ooh, was still magical. Yeah. But I get what you're saying, is, is when you're at San Diego Comic-Con, this is the only place that something like that is going to happen. Exactly. There aren't a lot of other cons across the country that can afford that booking that can set up that type of event, that that can really kind of orchestrate the things that you see happen only at San Diego Comic-Con. I mean, here's the thing. We talk about, like, when I, when I talk about wrestling and stuff, right? Things always leak out. You always get information before you're supposed to have it from the wrestling world. Mm-hmm. You find things out. And so when a surprise truly happens, for example, to a lot of people, when the Hardy Boys came back to WWE and the whole arena explodes seeing these guys again, No one knew about it. And it was one of the biggest explosions you ever get, right? That's like how somehow Marvel sneaks Natalie freaking Portman into Comic-Con and no one knows about it until she's on stage holding the damn hammer. Mm -hmm. Now, I will say we did know that she was going to become Thor because her name is Jane Foster. Well, we we were given the indication that if Marvel was going to do it right, that was coming. Yeah. But I'll be honest with you. I thought they would end up recasting the part. Really? Because of the issue she had after Thor 2, The Darkest World. I know it's just Ugh. called The Dark World, the but it's The time Darkest Timeline. Yeah. That, was a, that, was a, that was a bad moment for you there, Marvel. Bad moment. That and Thor's blonde eyebrows in Thor 1. Those were your Oof. mistakes. Those that were was your bad, mi- too. Rachel, I know you're with me. You can laugh. It's okay. Rachel, this is a very unorganized <laughs> podcast, and if you don't start participating, I'm going to force you into it. Very interactive. I absolutely loved, and because I, I thought she had the issues with Marvel, and it was beyond just, this is a dog shit script. It was a, you're not letting my friend do the thing that you hired her to do. This was our agreement. This was what you told me. And I think everyone in this room knows Natalie Portman is an insanely principled actress. Yes. And insanely smart as well. And I, I thought she would be someone who would, if anyone can find a way out of a Marvel contract, maybe it's Natalie Portman. Maybe she has the clout. She has the Oscars. She has the weight behind her artistic accomplishments. She had a very long conversation with Kevin Feige. I'm almost positive. Oh, I'm a thousand percent sure that he said, you saw Ragnarok, right? We fixed the franchise. We're keeping Taika. We're going to let him do his thing. And he's going to make you into the most badass bitch in the cosmos. Ladies and gentlemen, let me direct you to the photo of Taika Waititi when she picks up the hammer the absolute joy on that man's face. Absolutely. Yeah, you're right. It's swoony. It's swoony. It's, it was swoony. No, it was just heartwarming. Mm-hmm. I mean, heartwarming in that case, and also the knowledge that we are going to have a lot more of Valkyrie. Yeah. Lady Thor. Mm-hmm. Lady Thor! 
I loved the- I loved the meme that was floating around the Valkyrie. I did everything I could to protect myself. I will not fall in love with Thor. Jane Foster Thor, Thor, Thor shows up. I was so careful! <laughs> I was so careful! Yes, love and thunder give me this relationship. I ship it so hard. And Again, listen. For her first act as queen, or sorry, for her first act as king, she must find her queen. Oh. Oh! Mm-hmm. Swoons. I, I absolutely love it. I, I hope it sticks with the mood of Ragnarok where you're able to still, I guess, deliver these big emotional moments because you think of Ragnarok, people think of a comedy. You think of Taika, you think of, you know, piss off, ghost. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what pops into my head. It, by the way, if you ever want to make my 11-year-old giggle uncontrollably, hit him with a piss off ghost. He just loses it every time. <laughs> I don't know why. But you also have to remember, they killed Odin in that movie. Yeah. And they did it very well. Like, you brought about the end to an era and managed to make it a moment, but not the focus of the film. You could have had Anthony Hopkins have one of the greatest death scenes in the history of film because he's Anthony fucking Hopkins. Yeah. But Taika Waititi knew what he was doing. And and I trust that he's going to do that again. I mean, you got to believe he's going to keep that same thing and that a guy like him working with a talent like Portman, we can probably get something amazing, right? I hope they give that as much they they have that exact same level of gravity as when they show Thor no longer worthy because we know that that is going to be the next thing. Oh yeah. Oh absolutely. Absolutely. Do you need a pause? Do you need to take that? Oh okay. All good. Fix it in post. Anyways, um <laughs> so I I I got to say well love and thunder is something that I think universally excited people. Another thing that I thought had a universally great response but I need to know what you thought about it. The Witcher trailer. Oh my god. Oh you can both god. go. You can both go. Both of you, both of you. Okay. Jennifer! Okay. Jennifer! So Yes. I, I had a lot of concerns leading up to this. As you as you should. As you should. Netflix has not nailed the live adaptation of a lot of things. They they have not. Uh I, I had hope when they said that Henry Cavill was gonna be involved because he is a fan of The Witcher. And he did say before he was cast, yeah, I'd love to I'd love to be Geralt. Can I help you guys make this happen? Right. He kind of Ryan Reynolds did a little bit. Yes, absolutely. It was the same style of thing. He said, I want to help you guys make this happen. Let's put this story together. And part of what makes me even more hopeful is that they are sticking to the book and they are not going to try to adapt the video games because the video games are perfect. Okay. Absolutely 100% perfect. Witcher 3 is still to this day, and you remember I said this on this cast. You did. One of the greatest video games ever made, and I am going to stand by that. And he has converted me to it as well. Yes. I have played further in the game than he has. It's Whoa. true. She has. Whoa. Yes, that was my girlfriend nerdgating me on my I own fan. No, I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. <laughs> nerdgating, I mean, sharing. Sharing. Sharing yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yes. Uh, but (laughs) when they said they were going to adapt it, I was, I was a little concerned because the games did it perfectly. Right. But adapting the books is a much, much better idea. Is it, is it a a more accomplishable task or is it just laid out better to adapt to TV? Both. Okay. Okay. Very much both. Because the last TV show that was the Witcher TV show was Polish and it was in the nineties and it was frankly garbage. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's fun to watch and drink while you're watching it. And it's like watching Super Mario Brothers, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like, it, oh, John Leguizamo! You're, you were th- talking about the movie. I was talking about the Super Mario Brothers Super, super show. show. Oh, yeah, That's, yeah, How's that for a deep cut? Oh, God, oh. That one Swing held up better, which is weird. arms from side to side. What's, what's weird is, again, the show held up better than the movie. That's... It's got better rewatchability. 100% true as well. Yeah. Uh, so we get to see... Uh, we get to see Henry Cavill as Geralt dealing some fucking damage. We see him looking terrifying after having taken taken potions, which is something that the video games did not adapt very well. We get to see uh, Yennefer's origin story that we know of that he's... I'm not going to get too deep into the weeds here. Because, okay, no, weeds it up a little bit. But uh, we got to see a lot, and it's made me very, very hopeful, even more so because after the trailer launched... There was an interview with Henry Cavill. Uh, I'm blanking on the name of the woman that plays Yennefer. Oh, I don't remember the oh, the, no. the actress's name. Uh, and the woman uh, and the the young girl that plays Siri 
all three of them were being interviewed with the uh, the, the the lead screenwriter or the lead producer, I believe it was. They were being interviewed, and somebody asked Henry, "How do you like what what is this story going to be?" And he said. I was drawn to this because I have played The Witcher 3 multiple times and I love it. And I knew after having read the books as well yeah. that this story needs to be told in a good way. And when Henry, the primary actor, is saying that and has that deep level of knowledge with the character, and he is a good actor. Unquestionably, he is a good actor. Oh, yeah. No, I'm not going to debate that. I know that this this show is going to be something special. I hope, and I I, I have good feelings that it will be something special. Um, yeah. The fact that Netflix has already ordered two more seasons also tells, tells you us a, lot. a lot. Yeah. The yeah. only other show I believe that they did this for, believe it or not, Stranger Things. After they released the first season, they said before they even released the first season, they said we're ordering two more of these. At yeah. least. I was going to say they have they have re-upped on some of their more. And I don't want to throw shade at Netflix, uh, who is just hemorrhaging cash. Yeah. But I think what they're doing a lot now is they're re-upping on shows that they are saying, we know this will be a success for us. Mm-hmm. And and they're trying to also make sure they lock up their shows, which have a lower production cost. So mm-hmm. like Big Mouth getting three more seasons. I'm not going to lie. I'm not a fan. And, and I don't think it's getting three more seasons because it's incredible groundbreaking television. It's getting three more seasons because people are watching it. And it's cheap as shit to make. Mm-hmm. Like the animation on Big Mouth is nothing that's going to blow your mind, guys. It's Nick Kroll making dick jokes. Yeah. And and again, Stacy loves it. Mm-hmm. And so they're going to renew it. Agretzko. Agretzko is a show that oh, is, <laughs> it's not going to blow you away with its animation, but the things that Sanrio has done to make these characters so very relatable fleshed out yeah. it's it's the office but cartoon it's so good i am familiar with it i actually haven't do- uh, dove into it yet uh still trying to get through that last season of fairy tale mm, uh, i'm sorry <laughs> no it's i'm listen i'm so committed i'm so deep in like i can't go back you know uh by the way i was gonna tell you this i wanted to wait until i was recording you to get your reaction uh-huh. guess what my kid started uh-oh without my i didn't listen i didn't tell him to he did this on his own because he knows dad has watched it Please tell me it's you, My Hero Academia. It is not My Hero. Oh. It was not My Hero. I wish Anything it was My Hero. Anything you say is going to be disappointing. I wish it was My uh. Hero. We're going to do My Hero after, uh, or maybe if he gets bored with the one he's currently working on. The kid is about 75 episodes deep on Naruto. Naruto <laughs> Yes. yes! Original series, yeah? Oh, yeah, yeah, you start with the original. Yeah, yes! Yeah, original. Oh, with, yes. So the best uh. thing, and I thought I would share this with you, is uh, you're going to kick out of it. I just randomly will get text, Dad. And I'll reply, yeah, Isaac, believe it. <laughs> yes! And he goes, he goes, until they started fighting, I didn't know if I was going to make it through this show, Dad. Naruto's pretty annoying. He's very annoying. And I was annoying. like, listen, buddy, he doesn't really get less annoying until Shippuden, and you're about 200 episodes away from that. So buckle in. Uh-huh. And, and by that time, there's going to be plenty of filler. But yeah. I do know I have a kid with a good heart because he was really upset when Zabuza died. He was very upset. Yeah. So oh, he was very upset. Like, mm-hmm. Dad, Dad. All right. What did Sasuke do this time? What's up with that little dickhole? <laughs> damn it. Sasuke is the oh, worst. Damn it, Sasuke. Oh, I hate him so much. But he's so good in Boruto now. And like, I don't want to hate him anymore. Really? Uh- I, I mean, I like the character. I like what they've done with him. I like that he's developing. I, I And you know what? I'm not going to knock on anyone, but I just really think that Sakura could find someone who treats her better. I don't disagree 100%. with you. Yeah. I don't disagree with you. The Leaf Village has plenty of great guys, you know? Best best arc of Boruto so far to me was Sarada starting to question, wait a minute, who's my mom? Yes! That, it was so interesting. Anyway, and, and I'm... I'm Saying this both as a fan of Sakura and as a huge nerdy fan of all the people who got dragged into Sasuke's mess. But like, yeah. <laughs> anyway. I love you so much. I yeah. love you too. Oh, oh it's adorable. <laughs> Vomit. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. I'm kidding. Adorable. Kidding. Not like Sakura and Sasuke. Well done. Very well done. Good. Very nice. There were also some great announcements uh, from Marvel besides, of course, all the Thor greatness. I do want to get into the movie stuff. I will say one of the biggest things for me uh, on the comic nerd side is the relaunch of the X-Men titles with Jonathan Hickman at the helm. If you are going to give someone the controls to the machine, Jonathan Hickman is the guy. Mm -hmm. 
Now, he took a few years off after his last uh, stint with Marvel because it was so much. Mm-hmm. It was so, he was a world architect. Now he's ready to do it again. And guys, if you have not read, uh, I believe it was House of X came first. The first issue of House of X is mind-blowing. It is, the, it, it is uh, I believe it was uh, Chip Zdarsky tweeted, it's the most hickmaniest, hickmaniest hickmaning that you've ever hickmaned. <laughs> God damn he it. wrote his own language. Oh, my God. He wrote his own language. And they're going to launch six more X titles out of this. The Dawn of X is here. And, and Greg, I'm sure you remember it as well as I do, that there was a time where the X-Men were the flagship for Marvel and the Avengers were the secondary title. You couldn't keep X-Men books on the shelves when Claremont was writing them, and you had plenty of whatever shit was in the Avengers at the time. Mm -hmm. West Coast Avengers, that was a thing. That was a thing, and it was a cartoon series. Great Lakes Avengers, that was a thing at one time. Yeah, Power Pack. Anyways. But I love the relaunch of the X brand, and I think this is part of why you heard uh, Kevin Feige tell people that the X-Men are a ways off, guys. Do you know why? Because he wants to base it off whatever Hickman's doing now. Mm-hmm. He wants to steal from the best. If Feige has done anything completely right in his time at the helm, it has been to pick the perfect stories. Yes. The perfect stories. And I really hope that we get Doctor Strange and Doctor Doom. I hope we get the Doctors in Hell. Oh, God, want... please, for the love of God, do Doctor Doom right. Like, Doctor Doom has to be right. The Fantastic Four has to be right. Yes. Here's my question, and I'll ask it to both of you, and we'll, we'll start with, with Rachel. Would you rather see them do the Fantastic Four in the way that Trank attempted to do it and failed with a younger Fantastic Four? Or do you want the established adult Fantastic Four where Johnny is like the immature child goofball, Reed is in his 40s or 50s, you know, Sue is a little older as well, they've had a failed relationship. I just don't know which one tells a more interesting story to me. And, you know, that's a really, really interesting point. Um, with both of them, I think that Marvel would be able to tell. Uh, they're going to choose which one will let them tell their own story. They want to build something for themselves as well. Though the second one there, the latter, could give the characters a lot of interesting depth. But starting with younger characters gives them a chance to grow as characters in the movies themselves. So either or, I don't know. Now, if we go young, it does make us wait a little bit longer for the Richards kids, who I think are more interesting than their parents by a Mm. mile. Yeah. And if you go the older route, it kind of opens up your pool of available actors and actresses a lot more. Here's what I want to see. Yeah. I want to see the older X-Men, the older Fantastic Four, pulled in via the multiverse. Okay. So they open, say, maybe this starts happening in uh, We get some, like, Uatu the Watcher shit? Yeah. Maybe it's maybe it starts in multiverse of madness. Yeah, and maybe we see a universe that is very similar. It's not Earth six one six. It's a different Earth, and the Fantastic Four and the X Men are a part of that already. It's an already established thing happening. There. And like maybe as like Strange is floating through the multiverse, you hear Charles Xavier, "Who are you? What are you doing here?" Yes, yes. Right, just this disembodied voice, and then you see like the the specter of Cerebro. You mm-hmm. know. Or you hear Doom say, who dares enter Doom's dimension? Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 That's I what do, I want to see. I do want to hear some Dormammu, you know, like we're going to, I think we're going to get a little, a little Dormammu. <laughs> do they have to bargain again? I think they're going to have to bargain again. Mm-hmm. Like, I think he'll float past the dimension where he's just looped, torturing Dormammu for all time. Dr. Doom, I've come to bargain. Yeah. You do not bargain with Doom. No one bargains with Doom. Doom toots as he pleases. <laughs> One of my Damn. favorite panels of all time. It's great. Uh, it's, no, it's don't! Fool, Doom toots as he pleases. <laughs> <laughs> is is Doom the linchpin to getting Phase 5 right? I think so, yeah. Because I, I don't if, know what your big overall threat is going to be in Phase 4. How, how, do you, how do you even do Marvel Comics without Doom? Right. How do you do it well how do, without how do you do, Doom? I mean, because you're already doing it without some of the other central villainry figures in the Marvel U. Mm-hmm. You already don't have a kingpin right now. Yeah. You don't have a, a Norman Osborn who's been an organizer, a planner, a plotter, an overthrower. Technically, the Red Skull exists out there in the cosmos, but you really going to bring me the Red Skull now that I don't have Steve Rogers? Yeah. You know? I, I will say I'm very excited to see what kind of new villainous organizations they can create through this Black Widow that prequel. That are not Hydra, please. That are not Hydra. Hydra. Listen, I think we're going to get, we might get another another version of AIM. 
Yeah. You know, I, I think we might see some of the, um, whatever Norman called his. It, it Oscorp. When, no, no, not no, Oscorp. No. Not Oscorp. When of the he other replaced one? shield, he called it, it wasn't sword. Oh God! He called uh, it like like hammer Pokemon? or something. It no, was it, it was hammer. I thought something like that. No, what's crazy, uh, Rachel, is at one point in the comics, Norman Osborn took over the Avengers and replaced them all with villains. Mm-hmm. And it was you know the book was called Dark Avengers because of course oh they're Avengers they're bad Dark Avengers. <laughs> are, oh God, are we gonna get uh, what the fuck is his name? Uh, not Sentinel. It starts with an S though. Sentry. Is it Century? No, we're not going to get Sentry. They Please, fucking, for the no, love no, of God, gonna, don't, gonna, don't give us Sentry. Sentry is one of the worst Marvel creations ever. It was their answer to Superman, and they just fucked it up because they made oh, him too no, crazy. No, no, I'm sorry. He's just, you know, he's a Superman, but he has amnesia. And he's overpowered and has split personalities and blah, 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 the blah, power blah, of blah, a thousand blah, blah, exploding suns. Oh, God. What Come on. Jerk fest. Yeah, yeah. Dismissive wanking motion. Right. But anyways. Apparently there is worse than Onslaught. I have been educated. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. So I, I think phase four for Marvel is going to be very interesting. How do you rebuild the Avengers? Are you really going to put a high school age Spider-Man at the helm? I mean, Rachel, what do you think? Do you, do you think they're going to rebuild the Avengers quickly or do you think they're going to take their time with it? Well, my thought has been it might be interesting to see the young Avengers. Would love it. Would love it. Especially, and of course this is a bias, but I really, really like Karen Gillan. Kid Loki. Yeah. Kid Loki. I thought the I thought the TV show was going to be Kid Loki, and I love Tom Hiddleston, but just getting to see that plot would be wonderful. And it leads into Young Avengers. I would listen, I would love for them to do Young Avengers, and I think we may get that in the future. And I think that can spin out of the Hawkeye series with Kate Bishop. Yep. And, and I, by the way, love that they're doing a Kate Bishop oh, Hawkeye. Yes. Love that. Did you see the video of uh, of Anthony Mackie discussing them coming to try his uh, his cap suit on? No. It's one of my favorite things ever. So, And I love how much Sebastian Shaw has just been playing the pissy younger brother role. Do as you the mean Winter Sebastian Soldier. Stan? Stan, God, Shaw. How dare you, sir? How dare I? Bucky <laughs> deserves respect. He has suffered for this country. Bucky <laughs> deserves <Yeah>. better. <laughs> Sorry. Um, Sebastian yeah. Shaw is an X-Men, X-Men villain. villain. <laughs> You're right. You're right. We've been talking X-Men. I'm going to give myself a small pass, but I'll still take your verbal berating because <laughs> I deserve it. I deserve it. Anyways, uh, Sebastian and, and Mackie are doing this interview together, and uh, the interviewer you know, asks Mackie, like, hey, so um, you know, when, when, do you, uh, when do you get your cap suit? You know, when, do you, when do you get your suit? What, do you, what suit are you wearing in the new show? And he goes, I'm wearing a cap suit. <laughs> and they came to my house. <laughs> And he goes, they come, you guys, they come to your house. And he goes, they came to my house. They fitted me for my suit. And Stan goes, I must be nice. I wouldn't know. I'm, I'm not Captain America. <laughs> oh. I wouldn't know. So he's playing it so perfectly. Yeah. And, and Maggie's just like, oh, man, it's such an experience. And he's just, like, loving on the whole thing. And it's amazing. You guys got to go find that video. It's incredible. It, it would go well with the video of the two of them arguing over who has, who definitively has America's ass. Yeah. Listen, I wanted a series with these two the minute that they were in the back of that car. Mm-hmm. The minute they're in the back of the bug. Move your seat up. Can you please move your seat up? No. No. No, man. <laughs> no. But uh, just absolutely phenomenal stuff that Disney is rolling out. And, and I think... I'm going to ask Greg, we'll start with you. What's the movie they announced besides Love and Rockets that you're the most excited about? Blade. Hands freaking down. Yeah. Mahershala Ali as Blade is perfect. I know that it's outside of their release window right now. They right didn't now. announce a specific release for it. But right. Just the fact that they got two time Academy Award winning actor Mahershala Ali, who is the perfect casting choice for this character, to bring the supernatural elements into the Marvel Universe. I'm specifically talking, I know there's supernatural elements in the Marvel Universe already. I'm talking about uh, vampires. Right, right. You're talking about more of like the insidious The insidious supernatural stuff. Because we've gotten all of the nice fluffy magic and like, oh, here's Dormammu, but he's really just like a floaty head right now, you know? Yeah. He's not really all that threatening and, and even a lot of the bad guys from Strange weren't that threatening first time around. Mm-hmm. They were just more of like idea threats or like, oh yeah, one-on-one threats, not global threats. 
It's like, listen, Max Headroom, I know that you guys are going to be, that's a reference that only Drew is going to get. Yep. Uh, <laughs> nice. That's you're welcome for that one. <laughs> I can't even recall. How, how am I supposed to do things? God damn it. Oh, I, I, I'm excited. I'm excited for Blade. I loved the original Blade trilogy. Oh, yeah. You know, even though it was at points terrible. One of the worst Ryan Reynolds performances on film. It's true. Outside of Green Lantern. Um, <laughs> yeah. And Wolverine Origins. Man, Reynolds has made some shit movies. Yeah, um, yeah. He just I really wanted to be a hero. He was just waiting on his next opportunity. I think you had to fail that many times to be able to be Deadpool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you had to fail that many times. He had to just get a lot wilder. That's actually the second one that you didn't pick up on. So no, I'll, I'll I, give you a pass. Killing me, man. I miss I'm, you. I miss you too. <laughs> John and Ben don't make puns like this. They don't make jokes like this. Anyways, um, no, I actually, you know what's weird? I'm the most excited for the Eternals. Okay, yeah. Because it's a rare Marvel property that I don't know anything about. I was gonna say I I, I don't really have any. I, I have no knowledge of it. I know Angelina Jolie is attached to it, which sounds great. Uh, Oh gosh, um, I'm blanking on the guy's name from uh, from Westworld. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. But uh, how's this? Here's the re- here's the moment I knew that this was going to be a big deal for Marvel. One, it, it's a it's a Marvel property I'm not familiar with. I, I'm not going to try and toot my own horn, but I'm familiar with most Marvel properties at this point. Not a clue about the Eternals, mm-hmm. right? And the amount of casting that they threw at this thing. Is un freaking real. It is unreal. It is unbelievable. Angelina Jolie, Richard Madden, uh, Kamile, uh, and I pronounced the poor man's Kumail, last name. Kamel Nanjiani. Kamal, yeah. You. Brian Tyree Henry. Yeah. From Atlanta. Yeah. Again, this is a movie that they are sparing no expense on the cast. They are sparing no, no expense. expense. Now, I mean, they've already gotten. Uh, Oh my God! Why the hell? What is wrong with my brain? It's okay. Are you going to talk about David Harbour? I was going to talk about Jeff Goldblum. Oh, okay, yeah. fine. <laughs> Spare no Jeff expense. Goldblum. Yeah. Spare no expense. Jeff Goldblum lives more in ten minutes than most people do in a lifetime. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and again, the director for this is just an out there director. She is not someone who has a lot of directing credits. Chloe Zhao. Her directing credits include. Something called Nomad Land that's in post production. Okay. Uh, the Rider, which came out in 2017. Songs My Brothers Taught Me from 2015, and four short films. So, a relative unknown director. Yep. Wow. Okay. And that cast. That much money. Now, again, what I had seen a few different places and couldn't find confirmed anywhere is that this is Angelina Jolie's hand picked director. Really? And that that was part of getting her to sign on. Was. Huh. Was, no, no, I want the deal that you said you were giving Natalie Portman, but I want the actual deal. And given what she's done for them with Maleficent, she gets to do that. Yeah. She gets to say, no, 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 no. I'm Angelina Jolie. I do what I want. My (laughs) boss is above your boss. That's right. The House of Mouse is the one. Literally, my left ass cheek is worth more money than you. Pardon me while I skip back off to Africa. Yes, pardon me. Oh, mm, uh, I farted it won an Oscar. Mm-hmm. Like that, that's Angelina Jolie in my yeah. head. And I'm yeah. sorry that that's probably not what she's like at all. I'm sure she's a very nice person. She seems to be very sweet. She seems like she's really genuine. Mm. I don't know. I'm sure she's great. Maybe, maybe, you know, I, I kind of, I have her on that same level as like Beyonce. <laughs> where like, but, but like, I, and I love Bay, And I'm a part yeah. of the Bay Hive. But yeah. like, they are like on this other level of existence for humanity. Where you just can't relate to the common man. You feel like they just can't relate to the common man. Like, they're so far removed from what reality is. Yeah. yeah we were actually, it's really funny. And we that's, were, not a, that's not a negative thing. It's, it's just the reality of the situation. And it's funny that we talk about that right now. It's uh, Earlier today on the, the sports show that I do in the afternoon, we were talking about LeBron James. Mm-hmm. And about how he has existed in that world where, and, and Ben and I were talking about it uh, off, you know, off the show, about how LeBron James' perception of reality has to be so gnarly. Like, the way he views the world versus how normal people view the world. This is a guy who's been told. Uh, Rachel, are you a sports person, Rachel? Uh, sprouts? What are sprouts? Cool. <laughs> I can do this one real quick. 
LeBron James is a person who's dating me. Like I know, and that's why I ask. I don't like to assume. I don't like to assume. Okay, okay. You know, um, little bit of little bit of baseball, little bit of ice hockey. Otherwise, don't know. This is a quick, easy one. LeBron James, arguably the greatest basketball player of all time. I do know who LeBron James is. Uh, And and LeBron uh, is a guy who has been told he's the greatest since he was 14 years old. He was on the cover of Sports Illustrated as a freshman in high school. And everyone knew he was going to be the next big thing at that point. So his whole life has been yes. Everything his whole life has been yes. After they realized how great he was at basketball. I can't imagine what reality is like for him. He made the news because over the weekend, he was at his kid's AAU tournament and ran on the court during the game to celebrate with his kid. And of course, no one did anything because it's LeBron James. What are you going to (laughs) do? And I was like, wait a minute. He still broke the rules. You can't run on the court. Any other dad gets tossed for that. So, of course, it's a big national. Yeah. I'm off topic. But at the same time, there's the same time, really no denying that LeBron James is an incredible basketball player. Yeah, and yeah, not, yeah. To, not to get too heavy. But to, to bring it back to where yeah. we were, you know, talking about Angelina Jolie and, and, again, this cast that Marvel has assembled for the Eternals, it's the LeBron James of casts for Marvel. This they is don't the spend Warriors. this much. This is the Warriors. Right. And that's, and that's the big point that I'm making. You know, we, we mentioned Chloe Zhao as this kind of unknown as a director, right? And... When you talk about that, you, you have to sit there and go, that's normally Marvel's MO in these situations. You cast an unknown, right? Even Robert Downey Jr., when they picked him up to play Iron Man, that was on an, uh, they were, again, they were picking him up from a valley. Mm-hmm. That was not a high point in, in Downey Jr.'s career. He was hoping to get back in the game, and this was his chance. I, what Would you say the biggest actor or actress that they spent money on in the first set, the first wave, phase one, was Natalie Portman. Natalie Portman or Gwyneth Paltrow, right? Yeah. And they weren't the stars of the movie, so they weren't being paid headliner wages. Mm-hmm. And, and that's more Marvel's MO, is spend as little as possible on the talent side to begin with when you're launching a franchise, and spend all the money on marketing. The Eternals, you're spending all the money on your cast. No one in that cast looks cheap to me. Mm-hmm. No one. There is not a cheap member of that cast. So I'm curious what Marvel's doing with it. I'm curious what it's going to look like. I'm curious what story you're telling me with Angelina Jolie as a goddess. Mm-hmm. I'm very intrigued as to what they're going to do here. I, I think to me that's why The Eternals is the most interesting thing that Marvel announced. Because I don't know what it is, and it's right around the corner. Mm-hmm. It's next year. They're already filming this. This is happening. Like, that's what blows my mind. A completely foreign to me Marvel property with the biggest cast they've ever done. Again, for a new property. They've amped it up with casts for, of course, you know. Yeah, yeah. Once you've established the property. As long as it's not the Inhumans again. We're fine. And I think that's why they're spending the money. Yeah. They're trying to wipe the taste of the Inhumans out of my mouth, which sounds gross when you say it that way. But at the same time, I, I remember when they released the Inhumans pilot and our buddy Eric... Holtgren said, clearly no one at Marvel watched this before they put it out. Mm-hmm. There is no way someone at Marvel watched this and then said, no, put that out. It was awful. Yeah. And everyone has those moments. Every company has those moments, right? The big question becomes, how do you make people forget it? DC has a chance right now to do the same thing. Shazam made people forget how shitty Justice League was. They really did. I have not heard a complaint about Justice League in a while outside of the Court of Nerds group chat. We we do complain. About we do complain it. a lot. Yeah, it's true. But Shazam did for DC what Ragnarok did for the Thor franchise. It's true. Yeah. And now people are all hopeful. People are all hopeful about DC. Robert Pattinson's Batman. Okay. All I'm ex- right. I'm actually excited. Listen, I think he's an accomplished. I mean, as we said in the group chat, I'm, yep. I'm actually excited to see what happens. Yep. I, they're starting to make some smarter casting choices. They're starting to build, not just based off of name value of characters, but based off of reactionary value of characters, right? Harley Quinn. Mm-hmm. Yes, she may not have been one of your original big three, but guess what? She's marketable. She sells, and people loved the casting. You can't just say, oh, hey, here's Will Smith. No one gives a shit. Mm-hmm. Make the casting right. Get it Will right. Smith cares. Will Smith cares that no one cared about his movie and that he's not going to be in the DC universe anymore and that he's not going to get those insane paydays. But that movie was dog shit. I mean, Suicide Squad might have been one of the worst movies I've ever seen. I, I will say this. Yeah. I didn't think it was that awful. I thought it was awful. Okay. I, I didn't think it was... Fantastic it wasn't as four. bad as Fan Four Stick. Yeah, yeah no, Fan Four Stick. No, listen. Yeah, and you have to realize he doesn't call anything awful. 
Yeah. He no, rarely calls anything awful. Yeah. And Fant Four Stick was awful, but that was Josh Trank. Yeah, no, no disagreement there. All right. Uh unfortunately, guys, I've got to wrap things up here. So what I want to do is uh just because we can kind of been jumping all over the place. I want to ask you one last question and kind of get your thoughts on it before we have to go. You were a Midwest guy for a long time. You were a Michigan boy, but now you're West Coast. And, and you're part of the nerd scene out there, too. What's the biggest difference that you see between the West Coast nerd scene and the Midwest nerd scene? And which one should be more like the other? Like, does anyone need to adjust? You're going to probably be very surprised at my answer. There are no good comic book shops in the Bay Area. What? Yeah. None. There are, now, there are a few. There are a few that are okay and that I, I will frequent. And there are a couple of game shops that I will frequent. But no good comic book shops. And I think that the Bay Area really needs what we currently have in Grand Rapids, which is Tardy's Collector's Corner, Vault of Midnight, The Comic Signal. These comic book stores with great staff and great selection and great people. And I'm not just saying that because Tardy's is great. Or because they're a sponsor of this podcast. Or because they're a sponsor of this podcast. Full disclosure. But uh, I, I am saying that we don't have that out there. And that is a little disappointing. That is that is definitely surprising. That is very, very surprising to me because you think of the West Coast and you think of like, I mean, it's really funny I say West Coast. You want the first thing that pops in my head? Wizards of the Coast. I think of shops. I think of places yeah. I would go buy magic cards. You know, that's what pops into my head is, is the legendary California comic shop. Mm -hmm. There may be a few in San Francisco, but I don't live in San Francisco. Right. So well, I mean, and then you have to remember, you're thinking of San Fran and L.A. I'm yeah. not thinking of the Bay Area. Yeah. You know? And and the unfortunate side effect for you, man, because I and I know you know I don't I don't we don't have time to get into gentrification issues today. Mm, yeah. But the unfortunate thing is that as gentrification continues in the Bay, you might actually start to get some good comic shops, which sucks. Yeah. It's one of those terrible, awful things that for some reason there is this, and I'm going to say it: there is a god awful stereotype that African American kids don't read comic books, and they absolutely do. They absolutely do. Talk to any 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 kid. They read comic books. It doesn't matter the color of their skin. They're reading comic books. They are reading superheroes. It doesn't matter where they grew up, what locale, what upbringing, who their favorite musical artist was. Kids read comic books. Kids, just kids. Hard stop. That's it. No qualifiers. Mm -hmm. And I think that's probably what happened in the Bay is that the people who invest money in comic book shops said, oh, whew, majority black area. And didn't go there. And that sucks. Hispanic. But, yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, it, it really does suck. I mean, think about how's this. Think about when places like Tardy's got established here, right? What would the Bay Area have been majority when that happened in the 70s and 80s? Because what you're referring to in Grand Rapids and West Michigan that we have is we have Tardy's. We have, we have Hostetters out in, in Grand Haven, you know? We have legacy comic shops. Mm -hmm. And that's what the L.A.'s and the New York's have. They have legacy comic shops. So if people weren't investing in the Bay Area building comic shops in the 70s and the 80s, you don't have those places that smell like Tardies. Yeah. You don't have those places that look like Hostetters. You don't, you don't have these great legacy comic shops that have this 40 years of tradition built into them. They don't have guys with blue hair that's so old it looks like it's silver in the back looking through every book. But you know what? You just let them do their thing. This is a quick story. Yeah. Uh, when I was maybe six or seven years old, I went into a comic book shop that will not be named, <clears throat> legend, uh, and when I went into this comic book shop, the only thing that I really loved at the time was Sonic the Hedgehog. And I asked the guy behind the counter, he said, oh, what are you interested in? And I said, do you guys have any Sonic the Hedgehog comics? And he scoffed at me and said, why don't you read something real? And it turned me off of comic books for over 10 years. Yeah. And that is something that I think is just truly, that is a heartbreaking attitude to give to a child when there is some massive value that you can get from just simply reading, period. Okay, I'm just throwing things. <sighs> Not to Shit. bring no. us down. No, 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 yeah. that's good, man. I, I like ending with stuff like that. I, I like ending with like, we're goofy, we're fun, we have a good time. But also, comic books are one of those things that kind of bridges gaps and, and closes walls and shuts down barriers. Like, that's what comics do. 
at the end of the day, that's what's so beautiful about this medium, about this, about this storytelling vehicle mm -hmm. that we have available. It's in a format that's not too long for kids and it's not too short for adults. And it's got all of the elements that you want out of a great story in 24 pages or 35 pages or however many pages you're blessed with from the publisher that month. Mm -hmm. And it's really great to, to hear you even talking about this stuff because like I'm a guy with kids, you're a guy with not kids. And, and to hear the mentality that we all need to be focusing on getting kids reading more is awesome. Mm -hmm. Rachel, do you have any closing thoughts? Connected to what you guys have been talking about, um, as a teacher, I teach mostly younger elementary school kids from the age of seven to the age of nine. And there are several of my kids. I worked in a low-income school district, very, very diverse population. And there are times where I have seen my kids, changing my wording here, but like, I've seen kids who have been going through rough times finally come back to school with huge smiles on their faces right after seeing Into the Spider-Verse. Talking about Miles Morales for days. Talking about how excited they are that this character exists and that his family looks like their family. And as much work as I you know, like there's so much I can do in it uh, yeah, sorry you're okay you're you okay you're good you're good <laughs> I hope this isn't in the actual cut anyway um you didn't explain to her that it's all the actual cut sorry <laughs> you should have explained that to her oh yeah. uh, nothing anyway, is edited we'll fix it in post Greg anyway. will fix it in post you're okay anyway I can work my butt off as a teacher to try to inspire these kids and nothing will inspire them more than seeing a hero that looks, acts, and just a hero that looks like them, acts like them, and their family looks like them, and their community looks like their community. It is them on the screen, it is them on the page, and it makes them feel like that could be them. And it, I've never seen anything uplift my students like that. So that's why I think that that's so important. Anyway. I like her. Thank you. I like her. Bring her back. Bring her around more. I, I like her. That. I'm not going to top that. That's it. Step into a world of magic, mystery, intrigue, and stupidity. Oh, I knew I should have switched today when I said it. That would be a natural one. I don't think you have anything to carry something so bulky with. I just want to wear it. I want to drag, <laughs> drag behind me for four feet. Sweaty human man podcast. <laughs> Reverse Centaur, a role-playing game podcast. Blending the best and worst of Starfinder and Dungeons and Dragons 5e. Look for it at thecourtofnerds.com and wherever you find your podcasts.